When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. This wasn't as big a surprise amongst those who have been in communication with the new ownership group. That's Mark Laurie and Alex Rodriguez. Now, that statement is from Glenn Taylor. That's the current owner slash old owner. But they have a very complicated uh, ownership transition that's starting to take place. Mark Laurie's group bought 20% of the team this spring. They get another 20% after the 2022 season, and then the final 20% after the 23 season. So there's a transition over the next two years. So you see Glenn Taylor is the statement there, but this is really the new ownership group. Hmm. You know, you get a new boss, and uh, there's it's not always all that surprising when the new boss wants to hire his own people. Hmm. I'm just kind of dejected today. You know... Here's the thing, though. Eventually, Gerson Rosas might have been blown out by the by the new ownership group of the Timberwolves. But the reality is, this had everything to do with another bad hire. This had mm-hmm. everything. This this has nothing. This has nothing to do with the eventual. Well, we really like Elton Brand, Gerson. Sorry, this has everything to do with another terrible hire. And I'm so tired of people on Twitter. I and I do not mean this as a pun, but I know the inappropriate relationship with the Wolves employee is the sexy thing to look at and be like, that's what cost him the job. That's what cost. But from everything that I read in the athletic story last night, which by the way was being reported on for months, uh, behind the scenes he was a tyrant. He was impossible to work with. He didn't listen to people. He didn't want their input. He worked them too hard. Um, and so the inappropriate relationship was almost certainly the final straw, but to make that the headline is to miss the point that the wolves again mm-hmm. swung and missed on a guy. I mean, you take it, Phil, but I mean, how many times do we have to go through this? The only thing I, I, I will say is I hope to God, Glenn Taylor is not allowed to be involved in the next hire. Yeah. I have, uh, I have a lot of thoughts on that. I think we should. Let, let's go through, because I think there, there's so much came out yesterday. Let's go through just like the four or five main things that came out. And I, I think you just set us up very well. And I think I think the mood of the show today is it's I'm pissed. I'm also I also just feel like an idiot because the ter- I keep I keep doing this with the Timberwolves. Like I keep. Oh, the, all right. Now, finally. All right. This is great. You know, Gerson Rosas, former friend of the show, by the way, now, apparently. <laughs> um, and I think. All of us and the athletic had been doing some groundwork on this going back to like the middle of the summer. 
And I had heard some rumblings a couple months ago that, oh, yeah, things are not – a couple people left the organization that didn't really make sense, that at mm-hmm. the beginning were very kumbaya with Gerson Rosas and it just – a couple things didn't add up and there were some rumblings of um, – I had not heard about the inappropriate relationship, but just some rumblings of like, okay, that's – a little bit of tension here. It's, I think everyone kind of feel, it felt to me like everyone felt the pressure of two losing seasons going into your third as a regime, and it's time to go. All right, you got your coach. Um, it didn't feel it didn't feel all that out of the ordinary from like you know front office tensions in other organizations. But what we know now, based on reporting, the Athletic, uh, Doogie's been doing inciting. Uh, I've been doing some insiding, albeit the Athletic is way deeper on this than I am. Uh, the final straw for firing Rosas, like you said, was the inappropriate relationship that came to light. Um, and it just made people uncomfortable. It sounds like Ger- Gerson's married. It sounds like the other person might also be married. Um, but that's not the primary reason, and you already said it. The primary reason Gerson was fired stems from this chaotic, toxic work environment where at one point Sachin Gupta who I mean it was like I remember when they brought that guy in two years ago and it was oh my god this is the dream team like it was a love fest and fast forward two years later and they have this toxic falling out behind the scenes Gerson blocking Gupta's attempted move over to the Rockets um, eventually banished Gupta from the building Mark Laurie the soon-to-be new owner of the franchise conducted multiple one-on-one interviews with employees and started through that process getting a sense that something was off, you know, that he's just trying to gather information about this new thing that he and A-Rod are about to get full control of in a couple of years. And he just sort of sensed having, having been in startup communities, having been with big companies, Amazon, Walmart, you know, this guy's been ingrained in big ideas and business. And he's like, okay, this is something's weird here. And he's, well, yes, it's the Timberwolves, but something is weird beyond just it being the Timberwolves. And then this, I'm just going to read this from The Athletic. Gerson's reign was described as dysfunctional, with tension rippling through the front office, according to some sources. Outside of it, rival team executives and agents would complain about how Rosas treated relationships and negotiations. So you got internal people complaining, agents are complaining, other people in other organizations are complaining. The complaints reached as high as the ownership level over the last several weeks, leading to a perception of inevitability to the end of Gerson Rosas's tenure. Um, so I feel like obviously Gerson deserves a ton of criticism if, if all of this is true. And I don't know, like he hasn't come out with a public statement, but um, he deserves a ton of criticism for the just the reckless and toxic behavior and leadership and culture that he set. But I come away from this a hundred times more mad about Glenn Taylor and just this is like just another shovel full of dirt deeper into cesspool. It's just like he is the he is the ultimate common denominator culture setter. Uh, he is the one that sets the structure and the people. He's the one that fosters everything. Was he directly involved in Gerson in an inappropriate relationship? And was he like? Not like there's any individual thing that happens to the Timberwolves. You can say, well, how was Glenn supposed to know? But 20 plus years of stuff like this, incompetence, bad leadership, toxic, all of this crap. 
Glenn Taylor is the common denominator. I don't want people to lose sight of that here in the in the fallout of this. And I, I think ultimately you're probably mad at yourself because you believed that they got this one right. And why would you oh ever? And, yeah. and why would we ever believe that Glenn got it right? He basically, uh, it yeah. reads like from a management standpoint, he hired Tibbs too. Only this guy operated below the surface, and Tibbs yeah. was just out front in dropping f bombs constantly yeah. and intimidating people and so it's just another you know i think the if you take glenn's entire tenure here um when when it does officially come to an end as far as being the majority owner of the wolves and you were to summarize it in one thing so if somebody said okay give me give me one thing one sentence one incident um that would summarize glenn's time here i really think as funny as as it was the Andrew Wiggins, look me in the eye and tell me you are going to play for the max contract. Summarizes it perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, they clearly, I, they clearly did not do any of the necessary due diligence on Gerson Rosas, and and by that I mean a lot of work. I mean you're replacing Tibbs, who was a tyrant, and you brought in the whole, and you told us this. It's going to be a family now. Gerson's twins are up on the uh, podium at his introductory press conference with him. He's going to encourage the new friendly family Timberwolves environment. And to have a guy who it turns out was this difficult to work with, I'm sorry, that's not a surprise. An inappropriate relationship or affair might be. And if that was the sole thing here, I guarantee you it would be handled and he would not be fired. This is sports. Like like if we start to fire people for for, uh, conduct and relationships that go beyond the pale uh pro sports are big trouble so the the reality is that this does come from the fact that he couldn't work with people and here's what i would love to find out now who who with the timberwolves vetted thoroughly if anybody the entire thing in dallas because do you recall Mm -hmm. we we all sort of whitewashed that he was in dallas for like a very brief time and then he went back it just didn't work out yeah exactly oh it just just wasn't a fit like wasn't a fit that's the type of thing that you've got to send damn near private investigators in to find out Mm -hmm. why that didn't work um and and so i really think that glenn's tenure and everyone below glenn is controlled by glenn glenn's tenure is summarized by Andrew. Are you going to want this? Yes, Glenn. I'm going to want this. Okay, then Dude. we'll sign. I mean, I every day that goes by with Glenn Taylor as the majority owner of the Timberwolves is a complete waste of all of our times. And every day that goes by with Glenn Taylor as the owner of the Timberwolves, more things like this will happen. More incompetent people will be hired and put in positions of leadership. The wrong people will remain in certain jobs. I don't think there's anyone you can fully trust in that organization right now. Like, I want to believe that, oh, everyone's raving about Sachin Gupta. This is his chance now. I don't know. Right. I mean, who knows? This guy might be an idiot. He's the trade machine guy from ESPN. How are you supposed to know? Right. Literally everyone they hire and put in this – this is going to be including interims. They're going to be looking for their ninth head of basketball operations since 2008. Think about that. And even if you take away the interims, it'll be the fifth in 13 years. So basically once every two and a half years or so, they're looking for somebody else to head up the most important sector of the organization. Glenn Taylor is one of the most incompetent leaders and culture setters in all of professional sports. He has zero radar for competence, 
for leadership. And I had, I actually, I, I was debating. I'm not going to read these, but like, I was debating whether even to bring this up. I had multiple people who have worked for Glenn Taylor outside of the Timberwolves reach out to me last night. Multiple people, basically saying, "Dude, everything you're saying on Twitter, like, I can't say this, but thank you. Uh, you're spot on with." You know, Glenn Taylor's incompetence, not just in basketball, but even running like, yeah, he's a multi-billionaire, but a lot of that's through acquisitions. And this has been a thing outside of the Timberwolves. So I just like I come away from this thinking if David Kahn wasn't rock bottom, if the Tom Thibodeau, Jimmy Butler public mess wasn't rock bottom, you know, if Joe Smith you know, four first round draft picks paying a guy under the table twenty years ago wasn't rock bottom. Yep. There is no rock bottom for this franchise under Glenn Taylor. Rock bottom doesn't exist. There's always another shovel full of dirt for Glenn Taylor to to dig up and continue with the depths of embarrassment. Mm-hmm. Um and I don't know. It's like this team six days away from training camp, there was supposed to be some excitement. They were maybe going to trade for Ben Simmons. I don't know what's going to happen there now. And Carl Anthony Towns is out there tweeting, what the bleep? You know, how are you supposed to dust yourself off and just go into a season here, you know? Well, and, and it's ridiculous. Of, and in Cat's defense, too, think, think about since the time that he arrived and flip passing is tragic and sad and, and altered things. I get that. But since flip pass, think about the amount of things that Cat's been told. Guys who have come in, this is going to be your coach. This is going to be your president yeah. of basketball operations. This is going to be the guy who gets us to, to a point where we're competitive and and you are um, unlocked and we are going to unlock and year after year after year, it's BS. It's not true. It's absolute crap. Um, Everything we see, everything from this franchise with Glenn at the helm gets worse and worse. And this is why months Months ago, before the before the sale, uh, which of course is going to unfold over multiple years, was announced, I said I would rather have new owners who might move the damn team than Glenn Taylor. Yeah, it's worth the risk. It exactly it's worth right. the risk. It's worth. And, and it, if you if people thought it wasn't worth the risk five months ago when all this ownership news came is. down, how do you feel now? It, do you still do you still want Glenn yeah. Taylor in charge of this thing? But I mean, majority what? owner. But, I mean, we, we are just reminded again and again and again why he cannot be in charge of this team. I, I mean, hell, if I'm the NBA, the NBA is incredibly well run. Like, it is not a fly-by-night cute league. Um, it's not baseball. It's incre- It's the second biggest, as far as I'm concerned, professional sports league in North America, okay? It is. You got, mm-hmm. Yeah, you got the National Football League, and then you got the NBA. Um, how do they not look at Glenn and say, uh, hey, dude, you're going to have to let somebody else control this. Like, let's speed this thing up. I would rather take my shot, not knowing much at all other than what I've read about about Mark Laurie and just say you hire the next guy or gal. I I don't care whom Uh, you are in charge. Glenn is Glenn is out. And Mark Laurie, you are now in charge of making this franchise respectable because it is a punchline it is a and three years or four four years back phil when the whole donald sterling with the clippers thing or five years back went down um i think we all said well at least thank god the timberwolves aren't the clippers 
I'm tired of yeah, that. At least, yeah, at least Glenn's not creepy. Yeah. You know? Well, it's, all right. His, Congratulations. That's yeah, maybe I'm, the only positive thing about. But Glenn I'm tired Taylor of that now. now. I'm tired of that now. We we are constantly making excuses. That's how, and, and I fall victim as a sports fan in this state at times to exactly that, right? How many times for our teams and things do we make excuses? Well, I mean, Glenn couldn't have known that there was going to be an inappropriate relationship, so you can't fault Glenn. Hell, I can't fault Glenn. Glenn created the entire structure that led to the hiring of Gerson Rosas and apparently two years of toxic behind-the-scenes activity and turmoil. You know, Mm -hmm. that's what's infuriating here. And I know that there's there's probably – there's probably an argument that hey, you're, you guys are sort of zooming out to the macro here, and you're you're having a 20 year discussion about Glenn Taylor when Gerson should be the one in the spotlight for this. And I I don't disagree. Like, if all of this is true, and I think the fact that you have now multiple credible outlets reporting a lot of the same things, and you know Johnny K and Shams are about as ironclad as it gets reporting on anything in the NBA and Timberwolves, you know. And the fact that Gerson hasn't – by the way, we reached out to Gerson to see if he had anything to say as a show, and he has not gotten back to us yet. I don't expect him to. Um, Just curious to hear what he would have to say. He has not gotten back to us yet. Uh, I just – every time I look to point the spotlight on Gerson, and listen, he deserves it if all of this is true. He should not be let off the hook, and he should never run another NBA front office ever again as far as I'm concerned. He is a product of something much bigger that has been going on here for decades. And if you ever want this franchise to be competent and be a contender on the court and maintain superstars, right? I mean, how many times does something – even Kevin, the Kevin Garnett thing over the last 15 years, right? Is Kevin Garnett cantankerous? Is he a pain in the ass sometimes? Does he rub people the wrong way behind the scenes? All of those things are true. Is it your responsibility as an owner to rise above all of it and take a macro view and keep that relationship alive? Yes. You know, like every step of the way, man. Yeah, don't. Okay, if if you and KG behind the scenes don't necessarily see eye to eye, I totally get that. But you not once but twice alienated him completely. And the second time you did it against the wishes of your friend who had just died. Like Flip made promises. And Glenn's like, yeah, I'm not quite sure about Dude, those. I think, think about how this team is run. Think about the embarrassment. Think, And I'm tired of, and I said this for a long time too, well, he saved the, the team when he bought it. And he did at the time. But we're so far past that, past that now. And it's such a disaster. And it's so embarrassing. I mean, how are you in this in this league, how are you almost certainly the biggest laughing stock as a franchise like the totality right i'm trying to think like you are you are you know among the four professional men's sports leagues right now that we follow the closest who's more of an embarrassment you are probably the biggest embarrassment that's like there is there is no hockey team that i would you guys might be able to pinpoint like a couple of sabers sabers, are a complete are a complete joke uh, but Different I don't reasons. know that they're this bad. Yeah, they're bad. I don't know that mm-hmm. they're this bad. Different reasons. And the NFL, you know, the Lions are always in that discussion. But the Lions, it's mostly they, they just keep whiffing on coaches and like it's, yeah, I don't... It, the Wolves whiff on coaches and front office. But then the Wolves always go another another step. But there's always like something toxic yes. or something. Yes. You know, there's always something. Well, you know, and to find Tibbs, you used a search firm. Glenn Taylor's owned a team in this league for how long? And he felt it necessary to rely on a search firm. Why? 
to find because, Tom Thibodeau, by the way, one of the most found, like prominent named basketball people in the league. Because he found David Kahn through the commissioner when he didn't know who to hire, and David Stern's like, "You'll like this David Kahn guy." <laughs> think, think about the uh, the permeations of how we've gotten to where we are. Uh, Glenn Taylor and his people, and and by the way, I don't know who he surrounds himself with, but in the case of Gerson, I fault them too. I fault Glenn and his people. Um, but they have used every means possible to try to identify a person for the most important job in their building. Make no mistake. It's the head of the basketball operations. If that's not solid, nothing is. Mm-hmm. And every time you've whiffed, except for Flip, which was tragic. But every other time, David Kahn was the most is one of the most embarrassing executives to ever hold the title that he did in this town and possibly in all of sports ever. Um, yeah, that's not hyperbole. One of the most embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, Gerson Rosas turned out, out to be potentially a creeper, uh, but just as importantly, a really bad guy if these reports are true. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Tibbs... Tibbs, who, again, was found through a search firm, is probably a very good coach if you just give him a team to coach. But instead, you turned over the building to him. Like, how long do I have to go on about? And, and Phil, I would love to debate you and be and say, yeah, you know, this is, I mean, they thought there's they nothing had the to right debate. Yeah, but there's, there's no, nothing yeah. to debate. But, I mean, I, I, was, I was. I drank the I drank the Kool-Aid, by the way, for a year and a half on Gerson Rosas. Like, I oh, this guy, okay. Well, Pushback. On Twitter yeah, last night, and and I don't know what to tell those people. They're they're like, well, this is Gerson. This is this is what Gerson did. Okay, if this was the first time that Glenn swung and missed, I'd be like, yeah, he got a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the other thing, because you just said, you know, if you don't get the head of the basketball operations job right, then nothing else is going to be right, and that's a hundred percent true. But if you've got an owner who has no sense for character, competence, leadership. You know, and then and and the, by the way, the process that led to Gerson's hiring was Glenn saying, "All right, let's get eight different people that are at different levels of the organization. Yes. Right? Let's get CEO. Yes. Let's get let's get Jim Peterson, um, Cheryl Reeve. Like, let's just get a bunch of people, and and then we can get eight different sort of thoughts and opinions. And by the way, I actually, I actually, I think that's generally a good way to." go about like if if it's just one person making a decision and you don't get three or four there's a lot of companies that will have like you know 10 people involved in a hiring process and then at the very end there's you know one person can can be the veto or whatever like having more people involved generally is a better vetting process so i was yeah. fine with that so how did eight people wind up not sensing something well, was off you know okay, okay. now <laughs> how slick was this dude in the interviews well probably extremely but that's the key um in my days at the Strib, there was more than once that they would bring in a candidate to co- cover a, a beat. And they would ask me, hey, talk to this person and see what you think. Uh, and lots of times I would, and I'd be like, oh, seem great. Now, that was for a job at the newspaper, okay? When we're Co- talking about go for football. Exactly right. <laughs> which is a great, which is don't in get, the 90s. Don't get wrong. <laughs> That's a great job. But, but when we're talking about the most important person in your building, okay? I don't even have a problem then if, it, you know, if Jim Pete said, oh, this guy seems like a great guy. I talked hoops with him. He really knows his stuff, blah, blah, blah. But that's where you also have to spend the money behind the scenes to vet the person thoroughly. And I am not kidding when I say I would be damn near hiring a private investigator to unearth everything possible. I guarantee you, if we now go and dig up that Dallas thing, his brief stay with the Mavs, 
we'd find something. Probably. So, so like, I have no problem with empowering um, employees in all departments. I think that's awesome. That's a great idea. But the final step is, okay, let's find out everything we can. You don't become a tyrant overnight. Um, you don't become a bad person overnight. You don't ordinarily go to an NBA team and depart within months because yeah. I didn't I didn't like where the uh, – stapler was i really yeah. didn't enjoy that and the paper clips the left drawer those should be on the right right so like hey, all that's the that's the step that they clearly missed and they can't afford to miss that do we real quick programming uh, do we have a couple more minutes or do or yeah, is doogie I, I haven't we have a couple more minutes okay doogie's Keep doing going. some doogie interview things and then we'll we'll get to this is reckless speculation thursday here uh it's actually going to be informed speculation thursday now reckless <laughs> speculation. i'm back we'll get to doogie um, on the Mark Laurie thing, I, I want to make sure we say this, or I'll say this, and you guys tell me if you agree or disagree. Mm-hmm. Again, on paper, I'm intrigued. All right, The guy has a, a very credible history with successful businesses. He's a hardcore sports fan. He's a visionary. He has a ton of money. Uh, he talks a lot about hiring the right people, being obsessive with all of his companies, hiring the right people, setting the right vision. Like he's people, vision, money are the things that he keeps going back to. So I, I like what he's saying. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, however, uh, it was it was Glenn Taylor's smell test, literally having dinner with Mark Laurie and Alex Rodriguez, who we know has questionable character in history, but he has money. Glenn Taylor sat down with these guys in Naples twice in a week, I believe, they met on a Zoom call. Ten days later, basically, they met twice in person, and Mark Laurie and Alex Rodriguez were able to connect with Glenn and his wife over some potato salad and home-cooked meals. Yeah. And Glenn felt good about, all right, yep, these are the guys. Like, this is – this feels right. It's a handshake and a look in the eye. I mean, that's the type of guy Glenn Taylor is. Yeah. And so as much as I sit here and say, boy, yeah, Mar- I'm curious. I Listen, I've got reservations. About Mark Laurie, as I would about anyone who takes over a team, is he going to move it? Is he does he know what he's doing? Is he going to hire the right people? But the fact that it was Glenn's smell test makes me question it even more. I don't even know. I question everything right now, and, and people should be questioning this franchise for twenty years. But like, I feel like this is the departed right now with the Timberwolves. I don't know stepping out. Of I don't that, know who to uh, believe, who to trust. I, <laughs> you know who I am. You know who I am. <laughs> Um, yeah, here, here's my, here's my response. I have my fingers crossed because I think you're exactly right. And here's what scares me. So one, I I believe Phil, you or Doogie, I think it was you told me that this all came together abnormally quickly. It did. So, so like Glenn's smell test was, Hey, you'll buy the team. Okay. Awesome. The other thing is look at the amount of times he threatened to, or talk to people about selling the team and it fell through. And, you know, we don't know a lot about that, but here's my guess. My guess is a lot of people said, oh, hold on a second here. Something's not right. Something doesn't seem like I don't think it was Glenn. I think it was them. And I don't know exactly what would have transpired to to scare scare them away or not allow the sale to happen. But I'm with you completely like I don't trust it. I don't trust a thing. The only thing is I am willing to take the shot to get him out of the franchise completely. Agreed. So, so yeah, there's, there's no, there's no, be careful what you wish for here, but I mean, there it is, is this it is, is the, 
a potential double-edged sword here uh, in, in the sense that, yeah, it's very hard to say, oh, it's going to work, especially when A-Rod's involved and, you know, I flat out, you know, have zero reason to trust him right now. But getting Glenn out of the league and out of the um, of control with this franchise is so important. Mm-hmm. And I just hope to God that somebody um, else is allowed to hire the next president of basketball operations. Because if this if this guy is involved again, mm-hmm. they're going to get it wrong again. There's no question in my mind. One, one last thought from my end here. And you kind of alluded to this earlier in the episode. At what point does... Adam Silver or the league come in and say, you guys, what the hell is happening? Yeah. I mean, are you guys freaking kidding me? Right. You guys have, you guys have had not, you guys have had eight different heads of basketball operations since 2008. And in that stretch, you've made the playoffs once. There's been a bunch of public embarrassments, David Kahn, the whole public Jimmy Butler, Tom Thibodeau thing. And now this and more, there's more things that I, you know, just the KG stuff. KG literally going on these massive digital platforms and just airing out the Timberwolves it, and Glenn Taylor. It probably goes at back, what point, Glenn? It probably the the root of the embarrassment in this town for the Timberwolves franchise, honest to God, probably dates to the Joe Smith contracts. Yeah. So it's it's it's, it's two decades basically, yeah. and there was some winning basketball at the beginning of that run, and they did go to the conference finals you know, seventeen years ago, but. You've are, you're you're so close, and again, there's no guarantees that Mark Laurie and Alex Rodriguez are going to be competent. It might be a train wreck too, but it can, it can't be a worse train wreck. I don't want to hear. Well, I'll be careful what you wish for. No, I'm done. Right? No, you. I, I, I'm done. Like I don't. There's there's there is maybe there's a further rock bottom point, but like there's there's no way that Mark Laurie, Alex Rodriguez, whatever risk that they would have of moving the franchise at some point or being worse, like. I'm fine and comfortable and fully good with that risk. Mm-hmm. And I would think that the NBA at some point would come in and say, hey, guys, 2023, can we can we maybe move that up to 2022? Can we get this done? You guys need more funds. You know, can we, what needs to happen? What needs to happen for this? To, Glenn, thank you. You can still sit in the front row and have your season tickets with your little sweaters and stuff. Like It'll be great. <laughs> We'll get you a program. We'll get you a hot dog. You can still go to the games if you want to. Maybe not all the games. Maybe a select package of games. Like, please, just let's just be done with this. The yeah. Glenn Taylor era. That's all I ask. All right, let's, take, let's collect ourselves. Maybe I need to collect myself. <laughs> we'll get to a scoop with Doogie. More inside information about another Timberwolves embarrassment. And uh, if we have time, we'll get to old tweets exposed. But we'll see. You want your guy making that trade if, if indeed they go through with this. Um, and, and uh, you know, I don't know what this does to the current state of negotiations because I, I just I, – I'm, I'm, I'm stunned at the timing of this because of how much people in Minnesota were preparing as if this is what they had going into the season. I mean, as of this morning – Gerson Rosas was in the gym with guys in Minnesota working out, talking player development, talking culture building. I mean, this definitely caught him and others there by surprise. Reckless speculation. All right. Uh, Doogie joins us from the five eyewitness news uh, sports team from the Scoop podcast, which you can find every week on scorenorth.com and the Scorenorth app. This is, I'm going to call it informed speculation. Thursday here on Maggie and Judd. So 
Uh, that was Ramona Shelburne and the ESPN crew just talking about, just, yeah, Gerson was walking around yesterday morning. Um, where, you start wherever you want, Dukes. What what information? What are your thoughts? We just we just vented for a half hour to start the show, and so it was fairly therapeutic. But uh, you take us wherever you want with this thing. Well, I'll go a different direction. Now, it can dovetail a number of ways, but I'll piggyback off of what Ramona was just saying. You know, curious, you know, what sort of power now Suchin Gupta has? I'll just tell you this much. Call it maybe more a hunch than, like, I don't want people to aggregate this, put it that way, but I'm bringing it up. So I guess, you know what, do whatever the heck you want with it. But my sense is Suchin Gupta would move D'Angelo Russell for Ben Simmons. Remember, Gupta was in Philadelphia for a little bit when they drafted Ben Simmons. I'll also tell you this much. Suchin Gupta has a better relationship with Daryl Morey than Gerson Rosas really does slash did. Yeah, I mean, they were together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Now, until I hear that Daryl Morey, others in Philadelphia want D'Angelo Russell, it's fun fodder, but I just I don't get the sense Philly actually wants D'Angelo Russell. But I do wonder at some point when Ben Simmons doesn't show up next week, at some point does Philadelphia, does Morey say, okay, that's about the best we can do. Russell, Jada McDaniels, some other pieces. Although I know Gupta, like, I can tell you, I feel pretty confident saying this. I don't think Gupta was was very much pro the D'Angelo Russell trade, especially with the protections on, on the pick. Like, Suchin loves those draft picks. So it might be tough for him to move a couple future first-round picks, depending on the protection. But I'll be curious to see, like, what sort of leash, what sort of leeway does Gupta have? Does Glenn Taylor, does Mark Laurie, does Alex Rodriguez allow such? And if he wants to execute a Ben Simmons trade, does he have the power to do that? He does not have the permanent title of president of operations. This is an interim situation, and he'll have a chance to maintain that title, but they're also going to do an open-ended search. Like, I'm positive, you know, Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report had the initial steam on Elton Brand's name. I think he will be in the mix. Landry Fields, I'll give you another name. Landry Fields, I expect him to be in the mix Calvin Booth in Denver who was a part of the process a couple years ago I fully expect him to be in the mix there's some other names that I can throw out as well Mike Winger with the Clippers you know he bailed from the process a couple years ago but they had a lot of interest in him so I can go up and down the list of of potential names but Gupta is definitely going to have a chance to stick so I'm curious to see how much power he has over the next handful of months is that Gupta outside your house and is is Scooby trying to bark him down we got to give Doogie a round of applause for the professionalism. Yep. Just absolute laser you know, focus there. Don't, that was great. You guys, Scooby is telling Doogie what to say, okay? <laughs> yeah, you need so an IFB he, for Scooby. <laughs> hey, Scooby, like, come here. Treat. He's like, I got some scoops too, dude. You can't make it's up scoop. this dog. So yesterday, you know, I end up working late on, on Wednesdays. And so I, I let him out in the backyard. We have a fenced backyard. Yep. I let him out in the backyard at 1 o'clock. I go to take a pee. I go to let him in three, four minutes later. I see him on the other side of the fence. So he somehow got out more than likely because he's 95 pounds. I think he leaped over the fence, but maybe he got underneath. Okay. So then I walk around. I'm not going to start chasing him. He wanted to take himself on a walk. Like I just didn't have time yesterday. I ended up doing like three or four different interviews. uh, Some commitments I had going back many weeks. I just didn't have a window to give him his traditional walk. I was hoping my wife would give him the walk when she got home. So he was desperate for the walk. No No joke. He took himself on a walk. I had to follow him 
<laughs> through the neighborhood. Oh. Finally, because he wouldn't come back to me, I knew how to get him. So I had to walk back home, grab the car, oh and then he hops into the car. Like, this dog is so much smarter. And then he drove you home. He, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Get him on a leash, man. Yeah. Well, I hate yeah. dogs that aren't leashed up because my poor little pup, Stella. So, real quick, nice. okay, follow up to what you just said uh, with Gupta. Because I think Judd and I are just in Declan. We're just in this spot where it's like the departed. We don't trust anybody anymore. And it doesn't, there's, there's no one underneath Glenn Taylor that we can say we have full trust in at this point. So, what are your thoughts on Gupta? What does the league think of him? Could he still pull a Ben Simmons trade? Um, does he have any skeletons in the closet that we need to be aware of that are not public right now? Like, what's what's the word on him? I am not aware of skeletons. In fact, I was just talking to Bobby Marks of ESPN about Gupta. He knows Gupta well. I've had a couple conversations with him. He was on Scoop Podcast episode 315 about a year ago for about 30 minutes. So we went back and forth on his background. I can tell you, I have not heard of any skeletons. Like when Gerson Rosas got hired, I had heard the Dallas stories. I had heard some Houston stories. But I thought, hey, maybe he's moved past those. Hey, Ethan Casson, Tanky, others, Jim Peterson, Cheryl Reeve. They were a part of the process. I think all those people are sharp individuals. I thought, hey, you know what? They knew what they were doing. They hired a guy that's fully capable. All right? But I had heard the stories. No, in, in regards to Gupta... No, I've not heard of, of any skeletons being in the closet. I had somebody I respect a ton last night, Phil, make the comp of Sam Presti. So Sam Presti is one of the sharpest executives in the league. He runs the Oklahoma City Thunder. If you look at his resume when he got that job many years ago, it's comparable to Sachin Gupta's resume right now. Yeah, could Gupta use some help in terms of you know basketball evaluation? Is he more a numbers guy, an analytical guy? Yeah, maybe so. But I think you can hire the right people and, you know, get the job done that way. So I fully expect him to have a great shot to stick here long term. You know, I had mentioned, you know, going back many weeks that there was a Wolves employee who had a nice offer from a Western Conference team. Well, now it's out there. We had it on TV yesterday. I know also The Athletic wrote about it. It was the Houston Rockets, and it was the Rockets trying to hire Sachin Gupta to be their number two. So it would have been a lateral move, but he was going to make more money. Gerson Rosas blocked Sutchin from going because it was right before the draft, right before free agency. I actually didn't have a problem with that. I think based on the timing, if I was Gerson, I probably would have blocked my number two as well. But there was a lot of friction with that. And, you know, I mean, undoubtedly, Sutchin had multiple conversations specifically with Mark Laurie like many people in the organization did. I mean, Dr. Robbie Sick on his way out, you know, he for sure talked to, to ownership. Suchin, others. I mean, word started to get out about the dysfunction with Gerson Rosas. I'll give you another story about that. So the Patrick Beverly trade goes down. It was broken by Woj on a, on a Tuesday morning. Remember, Beverly gets traded to Memphis on a Sunday. Then it was two days later he gets traded here, right? So I do a new Scoop podcast a couple days later. Within that Scoop podcast, I said that, like, any talk of collaboration, like, we can laugh at that. This perception that they're holding hands over at Mayo Clinic yeah, Square. Fam- family, Bay, uh, collaboration. Me, right, all of you guys. You've heard me bring this queens. up before. So this is not me breaking news. You know, fans wanted to insinuate something, read between the lines. Fine. So be it. I have been championing that cause for a while, that it wasn't kumbaya. 
that there isn't all this collaboration that Gerson likes to talk about. And I specifically referenced the Patrick Beverly trade, that that was Gerson's guy. He did that on his own. Everything happened really fast, which, by the way, fine. As president of operations, sometimes you need to do stuff like that on your own. You are the, the final decision maker. I was okay with that. I'm just upset with this perception that, that, you know, it's all, you know, peaches and cream over there. So I record a new podcast. A couple days later, Bree Bauer, who's no longer with the Timberwolves organization, but Bree Bauer at the time, head of, you know, essentially media relations, calls me and says, hey, Gerson wants to talk to you. Gerson wants to talk to you on background. He's upset with some things you said. I said, great, fine, fantastic. So we line up a phone call for that next day after the podcast had posted. And we end up talking on background slash off the record for 37 minutes. In fact, it was, it was a conversation that was gold. He ended up giving me some good stuff about Ben Simmons, some other stuff. Like Gerson and I had a fantastic chat. He wanted to explain to me that, that he does collaborate with everybody in the organization, that he doesn't make singular moves, that, that it's very much a family atmosphere. I said, Gerson, with all due respect, you know, I talk to people that I trust, you know, longstanding relationships Goobies. that, hey, I, I said what I said and I didn't say it lightly. And, and we came to a happy medium. He respects the job that I do. And then we ended up just talking about a bunch of different stuff. But how about the irony there that he was upset at me for, for suggesting well, that, that there's not this big collaboration. That- now we're hearing today all these stories of the dysfunction including the the lack of collaboration, but right? Dukes, like, just Dukes, the juiciness of that. That actually makes sense be, because people like that want to control what you're saying. Like, it makes more sense. When, when people get caught doing what they don't do well, they're much more likely to get mad be, because in their mind, you don't know this, and now you do. And they're like, how did you know that? And so they, they try and spin their truth. So uh, to, to go back to your point about uh, Gerson's brief stay in Dallas – because I'm very curious about this. What had you heard or what did you know? Because this is where I fault Glenn and, and his immediate uh, camp. So not Jim Pete, not Cheryl. But but Ethan Casson, yes. Right, but, I'm sorry. But, but, I mean, I'll just talk about him out right now. Ethan has to do a, a different job this time around, or Ethan cannot be involved in this next project. What did Doogie Ethan know? is super sharp, but Ethan blew this. He just did. But what did you know? Because if you knew stuff, then why didn't they? Good what? question. Yeah. Why did they? Because Gerson and went Scooby. through interview classes. He nailed the interview. Also, Calvin Booth, Chauncey Billups, within their slide presentation, had some similar stuff. It was it was a red flag. I mean, essentially, Chauncey and Calvin used the same per- person to help them prepare for the interview. And Gershon okay, was so thoroughly prepared. Hey, we yeah. it, let's pause for no, – we'll keep going, but we're going to mute you for just a second so yeah. that Scooby Let can me... – <laughs> Scooby's very upset. I'm sorry. Upset. <laughs> He's very down on Glenn Taylor. In the bio, we'll keep, keep I have Scoops camera, with Doogie but, and oh Scoops, by the way. I, in my, as, as my executive producing, I put <laughs> I Scoops like with it. Doogie and Scooby uh, as a tag team here. Oh he wants God. the job. Yeah. And he, he might get it. Glenn, yeah. Glenn might hire Scooby. Yeah. Uh, Scooby's got a chance at that job. So uh, this is this is scoop halftime here, and we'll get to more inside information. We also have water break. Jalen Suggs said something incredible. Yeah, this is about the Minnesota Gophers that we'll get to. Uh, but a, sh- a shout out to Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Hey, listen, man, if your company needs help with risk management, 
Um, they're here to help you. Federated's been around for over 100 years. They've got all kinds of tools, resources, people that can help with your bottom line, with risk management, and also with protecting employees. Find out more about how they can help you at federatedinsurance.com. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. All right, second half here. <laughs> yeah, I'm back good now. Us. Yeah, all right, all right. Scooby's outside. He had to go poop. <laughs> I mean, hey, so I can't I blame him, right? Hey, yeah. Like, I'm, if I had to go pull, I myself am getting a little bit. Dip. You know what? I'll be right back. So, Declan's yeah, Declan's yeah, gonna bark right now too. Oh man. <laughs> okay. Okay. So so where we left off was Ethan Casson, the Wolves CEO. He helped spearhead the process that landed Gerson. Right. Got to do a better job. All right. Or I mean, he I, just no... can't be involved. I mean, Ethan does a but lot the CEO of good the, stuff. The CEO. But he just can't be involved this time around. <laughs> Mark Lori right. needs to make this hire by himself. Yeah, yes, I mean, I can see that. That's Mark Lori needs to make this hire. But if you can't trust your, if you can't trust your, if you can't trust your CEO you. to be involved in a major organizational hire, I yeah, mean, if I were Lori. Mark Lori, after gathering, if I know this, he now knows all this. If I'm Mark Lori, I'm convincing Glenn. I'm making this hire. Let me do this. I'm just telling you, Mark Lori has to make this hire. So, Dukes, is as far as the potential trade for it. Simmons goes now. Um, do you sense this changes things greatly? Do you, do you sense the Wolves are out? Or from what you said about Gupta, do you actually sense that they might be more involved than previously? And how big of an issue did Rosas have with ultimately including D'Lo in a package if that was going to have to happen? Yeah, well, I mean, Rosas made it very clear to Daryl, to others in the Philadelphia organization going back multiple months, that two players – we're off limits. Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns. That being said, because he did not say that D'Angelo Russell was off limits. That being said, there was some reluctance in including D'Angelo Russell in any Ben Simmons transaction that the idea from Gerson's standpoint was, I want D'Angelo to play with Ben Simmons. They were teammates in high school. They have a relationship. I want Ben here with D'Angelo. So he waffled that a little bit. Now, when it comes to Gupta... Do I think Gupta, a little bit more maybe reckless speculation here, maybe not informed speculation. Again, I I hope this isn't aggregated, but if it is, so be it. But do I sense that Suchin is more open-minded to moving D'Angelo Russell? Yes, I do, than Gerson Rosas. That being said, I'm telling you, until I hear that Philadelphia has sincere, legit interest in D'Angelo Russell, yep. I'm not going to believe that D'Angelo Russell is heading to Philadelphia. Now, maybe a couple weeks from now, when Ben Simmons isn't there, when it's a sideshow, when Joel Embiid, when Doc Rivers, when others in the organization are asked on a daily basis by the Philadelphia media, is Ben Simmons a distraction? Maybe at some point Daryl says, you know what, enough is enough. I just need to accept anything at this point. I prefer move him to the Western Conference than you know to Boston, to New York, to Cleveland. So yeah, I'll take D'Angelo Russell. I'll take Jaden McDaniels. I'll take a couple future first round picks. So maybe it gets to that point, but at this point we're not there. And I have yet to hear that Philadelphia has any interest in D'Angelo Russell. Uh, another, I don't know if, if you'll have any immediate information on this because it was just you know tweeted yesterday, but Carl Anthony Towns tweeting WTF after the Gerson Rosas news came down. Um, we're always worried, right, about just making sure Cat's got the people around him. Like, oh my God, if you fire Ryan, is Cat going to leave the franchise? Right. I'm more interested in just building 
a winning franchise and culture, not being so paralyzed by, well, if you trade D'Lo, it's Cat going to leave. If you, listen, if you trade D'Lo for Ben Simmons and that makes the team better, that's the first priority. However, he was clearly caught off guard by this news yesterday. What is your sense of, of his relationship, Cats, with Gerson and with Gupta? Well, I'll tell you this much, Phil. Cats' relationship with the Saunders family, with Ryan, trumps any relationship he has with Gerson. So if Cat recovered okay from the Ryan Saunders firing, Cat will be okay now. You're right. It's all about winning. Cat has heard from so many people. You've only been all NBA one time. You've only been to the playoffs one time in six years. And oh, by the way, it's because of Jimmy Butler. Cat has heard all that chatter. Cat wants to put that aside. Cat wants to say, I'm taking ownership and we're going to get this thing done. And that's why this is an all in year. Still, even with this news of Gerson being dismissed, this is an all in year. If the Wolves do not make the playoffs, I mean, minimum, and that's the expectation internally. If they don't, and externally for a lot of people, if they don't make the playoffs, then, yeah, I think one year from now, we'll keep an eye on, on the situation, wondering if it gets to the point of, of Anthony Davis, Davis asking out in New Orleans. What does this mean for Chris Finch as well? Yeah, well, I mean, he is going to remain coach. He's got a lot of fans in the organization. They see the offensive brilliance. I mean, heck, Chris Finch, by the way, Judd, was at Dunkers on Tuesday morning talking glowingly about how things have been going, the trip to Miami. So you talk about Gerson Rosas being on the court Wednesday morning. Chris Finch was in front of some very influential people at a breakfast on Tuesday morning just gushing great. about how great Everything's fine. Burning, burning <laughs> gif in the background. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, the spotlight's on, right, Judd? But it would have been on regardless. Like, if this is a non-playoff year, the shelf life of coaches is so minimal in the NBA that, that – Chris would be on the hot seat regardless, but certainly, yeah. I mean, with a new boss, I mean, Chris was always Gerson's guy. We had heard those whispers when Gerson took the job May of 2019. Like, we had heard then that he loved Chris Finch. I tweeted as such that 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 was at least one of his guys, at least made some hints that Gerson had love for, for Chris Finch. But Chris Finch legitimately earned an NBA head coaching opportunity. Like, yeah. he should be an NBA head coach. He'll have a chance now to prove himself throughout the course of an entire season. We have an amazing clip we want to play for you, but if you've got any other uh, just Wolves nuggets or information, fire away because this is well, a, non, a non-Wolves clip that we're going to Yeah, play so here. there's an up-and-coming scout. I tweeted his name, and I didn't write it down. But anyway, look for him to jump to Sacramento pretty quick. So you talk about the change in the organization this summer. You know, this individual jumping to Sacramento, Dr. Robbie Sicca leaving, you know, Sachin Gupta wanting to leave for the Houston Rockets, Zarko Durisic, you know, 20 plus year employee beloved by everyone. You know, he's not retained with, with his contract expiring. I mean, there's been a good amount of change. I mean, even in the last, you know, calendar year with Ryan Saunders, with Sam Newman Beck, who did a good job. In Iowa, like think about the guys that have been in Iowa, Jordan McLaughlin, Jared Vanderbilt, some other guys, Jalen Noel. Think about their development, right? Nas Reed. Think about those guys' development. Sam Newman Beck had a good amount to do with that. 
Then he gets fired after this past season. So there's been a lot of change, and I imagine we'll continue to see some change because whether it's Sutton or Elton Brand or Landry Fields or Calvin Booth or someone else, they inevitably will want to bring in some of their own people. All right, Declan, let's fire this up here. This is this is a clip from a FanDuel podcast. Uh, Jalen Suggs talking about what could have been. Uh, so, sophomore year going into junior year, I am ready to commit to Minnesota. I'm like, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to do both sports. I'll play with PJ. You know, the basketball, I'll do it. I just, I need a little more from them. I just need a little more from the basketball side. They didn't. Like, what do you mean? Came around really what do you mean? Like, they need more attention. You need more attention. No, no, no. You no, no, no. I, didn't, I didn't care about that. I was going to, you know, I was going to change it. But it was, they didn't come to recruit. They didn't come to many games. Like, they weren't at practice. And, like, when you were that close, like, and especially, I never really had too much interaction with Patino. Like, I don't know. He's, you know, he's cool. Like, you know, at times we did talk, he, you know, he's good people, but. You know, I wish if he would have just came a little more, like, show, showed interest, and you know, like, he actually wanted me to be there, then I think it would have been easy. And I honestly would have chopped it up and committed probably my late junior year to Gonzaga. I meant to uh, Minnesota. That's what I like about ASU. Wow. Rock. Homecoming week, baby. If I'm PJ Fleck, I'm pissed when I hear that. Your thoughts. Jalen Suggs and P.J. Fleck have a very close relationship. In fact, they bonded before the, the Ohio State game when Jalen was, was on the field. How does Jalen Suggs have a better relationship with P.J. Fleck than Richard Pitino? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate. All that being said, call me nuts. Because I can't say this with, with 100% validity. I still don't think if Richard Pitino was in the Minnehaha Academy gym more often at more games, more in-home visits when, you know, recruiting allowed such things, I still don't think Jalen Suggs ultimately plays for the Gophers. He can say that now. It's convenient to say that now. I'm just telling you, Phil, I don't think Jalen Suggs was ever going to play basketball at Minnesota. But everything else he said, the lack of appearances, all that, I'll give you one more. There was an assistant coach that started to doze off on Jalen Suggs' couch what? for an in-home visit. <laughs> Not Patino. It wasn't Patino. Okay, let me make that clear. And I don't Wait. even say the name. He dozed off in someone else's house? It was like, yeah. It was like a media member we know, Judd, a, a quasi-media member that, you know, sometimes is sitting there over at the Vikings, kind of nodding uh, oh his my head, God. you know, okay. eyes popping open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And again, let me make it, it very is. clear. It was not Patino. I know it is. Okay, but one of his assistant coaches was with him on this in-home visit. So, yeah, they did a, a horrible job. But, Doogie, how do you – how if Jalen Suggs is even thinking about going to your school in, in your state, how do you not – uh, be all over that and and be at Dude, you should have a van outside like, his house whole, i mean like the what? whole tyus jones or trey jones i always just assumed okay it's going to be an uphill battle you know duke is duke uh but i mean if this kid is even thinking in the back of his mind you know what i really do like minnesota and i play football and i like pj fleck and i can play both sports um i don't care if ultimately now he's telling the truth or not how are you not uh building a you know a hammock in the front yard of the Suggs family home and sleeping there until he says, nah, I'm going to pass. 
Yeah, I mean, it's the ultimate undoing of, of Richard Pitino. That won't happen again, I can promise you. Like Ben Johnson, others with the golfers were in the gym at Totino Grace recently at like 6.30 in the morning Good. because Totino Grace has some guys. Like, trust me, Taysen Chapman is a junior right now at Totino Grace, probably one of the top 50 to 70 players in the country in the class of 2023. I actually think Ben Johnson can land the kid, but he's got – Myriad options, but I can promise you Ben Johnson is going to recruit his ass off in that regard. If he loses Chapman, and again, I'm telling you, I think he can actually land him, but if he loses Chapman, it won't be from a lack of of effort. That includes Dave Thorson and others over there. It's not going to happen again. But yeah, Richard Pitino, his lack of of showing up, not just at Minnehaha Academy, but other local gyms, has a lot to do with him now being the head coach at New Mexico. Mm. Doogie, great stuff. Thanks for the insight on the Timberwolves. Uh, I guess uh, keep following Doogie on Twitter and KSTP 5 Eyewitness News. Uh, there's going to be plenty more to talk about here in the coming days and weeks, so we'll, we'll do it again next week, Dukes. Absolutely. Quickly on the Vikings, I see Everson Griffin playing Sunday. I actually can see Dalvin Cook going on Sunday, and Anthony Barr certainly is making pretty good progress. I told Judd, Phil, on Tuesday – that some Vikings people thought going back multiple weeks that they thought Anthony would be okay for week two. They understood if he would miss week one, but they thought he'd be back for week two, misses the Cardinals game. So I know there's some Vikings people really feeling like Anthony Barr is on the cusp of returning. Nice. All right. That's Darren Doogie Wolfson, inside information about your favorite Minnesota sports teams. And uh, Scooby in the background. Scoops and Scooby. Scoops with Scooby. I love Scooby. Love me some Scoops. Um, do you want to do a couple old tweets? Yeah, we, we, can, we, get can, to, we can squeeze them in. We got to tape an interview with Scott Studwell. Stud. So, uh, stud. All right, this is Declan with old tweets exposed here. All right. On Mackie and Jack. Kind of similar uh, to last week. I think uh, we might have a runaway winner right off the bat here. Uh, September 12th, 2021. Oh, Greg Joseph, the greatest is, Vikings kicker. Vikings, greatest joke. kicker this in Vikings very, history. Very clearly oh, okay. satire here. Okay. Oh, all right, 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 right. Right, Tongue right, right. was pressed firmly yeah. in my cheek as I tweeted this. I'd like mm. to jump on. Look at that thing! It's got a thousand yeah. likes. Yeah, you got a thousand that, likes on Look that tweet. I don't get a thousand baby. likes. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's right. It's Tongue and cheek. All thought you were serious. Tongue and cheek. Oh, actually, yesterday was great. So I had one real quick yesterday. So you know, once or twice an hour, it seems like there's like a Kirk Cousins stat that comes out. Right. Look at these. Hall of Fame quarterbacks, he's just like them. Yep. And uh, one of them came out yesterday, and I just retweeted, sign him to an extension or we riot. Yes. And the amount of people that responded with, yeah, what's up with all these people that <laughs> think Kirk's garbage? It's like, uh, you might need a new sarcasm radar. Yeah, that'll happen. All right. All right. Uh, Who's next? Judd Zolgat from training camp, July 29th, 2021. Greg Joseph has made all five of his field goal attempts toward the end of practice. For anyone who thinks this isn't a big deal, the recent history of Vikings kickers <laughs> says yeah, otherwise. otherwise. And it bit him in the ass, yep. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, he was he was tuned in on July 29th, man. Tuned that guy the band. July dialed. 29th is a big day to be, to be making your field goals. With uh, four fans in the mm-hmm. bleachers cheering him on. It's great. So I had to do an audible for my old tweet because we were recording about a half hour ago and I checked a Facebook memory. And this has nothing to do with Greg Joseph. It actually has nothing to do with the Vikings. But um, September 23rd, 2011, Chris Parmalee, you are my new favorite twin. So I do have have that going for me. Backdoor win. win. Backdoor win. Backdoor win. Well, first of all, mine was sarcasm. Judd was just observing, you know, training camp observation. You're falling in love with a first-round bust here, Chris Farvely. So I think backdoor win. Ten-year ten anniversary of Declan. 
<laughs> Falling in love with Chris Parmalee. Oh, God. So there it is. Old tweets exposed here. A very brief edition because we've just been ranting about the Timberwolves the whole show. Um, all right. I don't know. I'm. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. It's very hard to. It's very hard to be optimistic. Think, think about what we broke down today. Two things. The Wolves, who continue to be as inept as any franchise in pro sports. And then and then the cherry on top, Jalen Sugg saying, I was all set to go to the Gophers, but Richard Pitino didn't really recruit me. Amazing. Minnesota sports fans, <laughs> like, no wonder they're scarred. Dude, you should literally be like to the point where they have to put a restraining order on you. Yes. Like following Jalen Suggs around from the bushes, you know, from – just wandering around his backyard at night. What are you doing? The reason I believe him, though, is, is because he probably would have jumped at the opportunity to play football, too. Yeah, could have played both. Gonzaga doesn't have football, do they? I don't oh. think so. Maybe oh. maybe they have a club football team. Not for Yeah, sure. that would have been great. Mm. All right, that's it. Mackie and Judd, daily Minnesota <laughs> sports right. entertainment and therapy. And uh, don't forget our daily football and Vikings conversations on Purple Daily. See you guys tomorrow. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.